If you've been along with us on the journey, especially in the book of Yeshaya, you know that one chapter doesn't reflect the next one. So the previous chapter was one energy. The chapter before that, you could go from hope to despair, from promise to heartbreak. Now we go to rebuke of a very hedonistic society, the upper echelons, the Hechefens, their high society, both of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom of Ephraim and Yehuda. And here he goes, Hoy, woe to the crown of pride of the drunkards of Ephraim, and to the wilting flower, the crown of his magnificent splendor. Woe to the crown that is in the, on the head, that is a valley of oils stunned with wine. Basically, the head upon which the crown is placed is used only for being anointed in oil for pleasure and getting drunk with wine. Behold, hine, behold, a day is coming that is strong and mighty for the Lord, like a torrent of hail, a storm of destruction and a torrent of mighty flowing waters. It will place Ephraim's crown of pride that we just spoke about on the earth by hand in a violent manner. The crown of pride of the drunkards will be trampled underfoot. And the wilting flower of this magnificent splendor that is on the head, that is the valley of oils, will be noticeable like an early ripened fig before the summer fig harvest. When the observer sees it while it's still in the hand, he will swallow it without bringing it home. So too, just like that swallowed in a moment, Ephraim's splendor will be swallowed up in a moment. By Yomahu. On that day, the Lord of, Hash, uh, of the host, Hashem, will be the crown of glory and the splendor of the remnants of his people, a diadem of splendor. And Hashem will not only glorify and honor the people with his presence, he will also be a spirit of judgment for one who sits in judgment and valor for those who return war to the gate. Basically, maybe the people who repel the invading enemy at the gate, the people who go to war and maybe come back at peace, there seems to be argument what exactly that means. Now he says that's the northern kingdom, but even the southern kingdom, these two erred with wine and strayed with intoxicating drink, both Ephraim and Yehuda. Priest and prophet erred with intoxicating drink. They were befuddled by wine. They were confused by intoxicating drink. They, they erred by not, re- not recognizing that what was in their sight, they distorted justice. Basically, Yerushalayim is being run by a bunch of knocked-out drunkards. Ungeschnucket, as they say here in South Africa. For all the tables are full of vomit, excrement, with no room for anything else. Ki chal shulchanas malu ki tzoa, bli makom. It's not a celebration, but it's a feast of drunkards who lost control of bodily function. I would say that, unfortunately, we've seen that before. This is still in the Aftorah, that, by the way, that we read on the Parsha of Shemot. It's all part of it. Since the adults are ignorant hedonists, et mi oredea, to whom will, they, will one teach knowledge? Who can understand a lesson? Who can be taught? Those so, so young that they've just been weaned from milk? Detached from their mother's breasts. And in Hebrew, the next verse um, has an interesting ring. Ki tzav tzav, tzav tzav, kav lakav, kav lakav, ze'er sham, ze'er sham. 
remember when as a kid, I know this is a terrible joke, but I remember as a kid, one of the older people, I think he was even a Holocaust survivor, tells me that one time there was this uh, fellow who didn't know how to read who was testing a kid who didn't know how to read. And he picks out this verse and the kid starts reading. Instead of tzavla tzav, tzavla tzav, kavla 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 kavla, he's like tzula tzu, tzula tzu, kula ku, kula ku. And the guy smiles at me and says, and the end of the verse was Zeir Sham, Zeir Sham. And that guy couldn't read either. So the adult says, Zeir Shane, Zeir Shane. Very good, very good. In other words, you read it well. Anyways, what does this verse actually mean? For when one tries to teach Torah to the people, it is viewed simply by, as a command by command, command by command, line by line, line by line, restrictive, a bit here, a bit there. The prophet's speech is foreign to them and subject to their ridicule. For with garbled language and with a different tongue, the prophet speaks to his people, saying to them, this is not the respite, the means of achieving tranquility. Give rest to the weary, allow the weak to live with dignity. And this is the relief. Basically create a stable and fair society. But these people, the high echelons, were unwilling to hear this message. The word of Hashem will be for them a meaningless collection, command by command, command by command, line by line, line by line, a bit here, a bit there, so that they will go and falter backwards in their blindness and be broken, and they will be tripped and uh, captured. Therefore, hear the word of Hashem, men of mockery, rulers of the people, that is Yerushalayim. Because when people ask you why you're not concerned about your future, you said in jest, we established a covenant with death, and with the netherworld we made a pact, and therefore we're not afraid of dying. When the scourging whip will pass to wreak havoc, it will not come for us, we said, as we have found shelter and deceit, and with falsehood we concealed ourselves. That's what you thought. Well, Lachen Ko Amar Hashem, therefore God says, to be continued.